0: Was my hands? It was his hands. <laughs> uh, hello, everyone. Guess what? I miss not being able to give my friends a rub. It's the failed rock star club. Wow.
1: That is your best. Yeah. Yeah. That's your best one, yeah, I think. Thanks. That's everything in that sphere. I'm Jez. This is Steve. I am. Steve and Robert Hurdle. Stephen Bobby Hurdle. BA Honours. Yep. Uh, and, and where yeah. are we? We are in Best Days Vintage, our very own shop. I'm looking at a neon sign that says Failed Rockstar Club. And our very own merchandise of the same name, mm. which just came into the shop on Friday. True. yep. It's very nice, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And I think we're gonna I think it's going up onto our website this week. We're shooting some more stuff today and then we've started to introduce it, I think. So I reckon by the time you hear this podcast, probably it'll be on a website. So bestdaysvintage.co.uk you can check out the merchandise.
1: And of course some of them actually do say the sort of mantra of the failed rockstar club, which is you're only a failure if you don't try. Which yeah. is the kind of ethos that we always uh, talk about, you, you know, as far as we're concerned, we failed as rock stars, but, mm. you know...
0: But I don't feel... Yeah, well, mm, officially <laughs> failed, but we had a good old journey. Yeah, Well, it.
1: exactly, that's the whole point. You know, you can't be a failure if you gave it a, gave it a rather good go, which, which we did. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll talk about that today.
0: Yeah, so this is the... Uh, we're calling this one the New Adventures episode. And New Adventures were the bands that Jez and I became... In with our friends after the first carnation of Fans of Kate. So, this is like a kind of Fans of Kate. Incarnation. Incarnation, not reincarnation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you just said carnation. The first is that carnation. flower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a flower. yeah. Mm, the first flower. So,
0: this is like fans of the Fans of Kate episode part two, I guess. Yeah. The second half of our journey, I guess. The part musicians.
1: that got uh, more like Coldplay, less like. Blur? Claxtons. The Claxtons. <laughs> the Claxtons. <laughs> Uh,
0: what was I was going to say um, how are you feeling about what's been happening yeah
1: so yeah we should we should talk about the elephant in the room or the yeah. elephant that might be in the room if you don't wear a mask yeah uh, well he'll still be in here You mm. he just won't breathe him in that's probably enough elephant, <laughs> elephant <laughs> metaphor <laughs> uh, yeah I feel weird about it it all feels like a bit of a bad dream that you'll wake up from it, especially now school has closed the schools and the colleges have closed and everything it's out of routine. I think when, while the kids were still at school, it still felt relatively normal. But now, now it's super weird. Yeah. Like like dropping off the kids at school on on Friday, it, it was so quiet. Everyone was sort of bewildered, like not really knowing what to say. And there's a palpable sense of tension. How about you?
0: you been? I'm feeling I'm pretty sad actually because I think this is going to be the last day that our shops open. Hopefully not forever. Hopefully not forever, but maybe forever. You just don't know what's going to happen, really. Yeah. Um, and I feel quite melancholy today because we haven't announced it. We haven't actually announced it anywhere yet. Um, by the time this comes out, it will have been announced. But, yeah, yeah we've yeah we made a decision to close up, which is kind of confused. I'm really confused by it because, on one hand, we're being told to stay inside and be sensible, and not be selfish and we feel like we'd be being selfish by having d- our shop open. I
1: think it'd be irresponsible to be encouraging people to come into town and come in here with their friends or whatever or Yeah.
0: But we're also being told that we can stay open as a shop. Yeah. And so I don't So really it is a difficult.
1: it's more slightly more difficult decision than it could be because yeah.
0: And it's weird because I always feel like we've been following guidelines and following guidance, but now I don't know what what the guidance is we should be following.
1: It's all very vague, isn't it? The communication from the government hasn't been
0: yeah. clear. And it's I'm, I mean I come friday it's like and things change so quickly as well but working the tide's turning you can feel it big time like everyone's closing all the different shops now and they're having to make they're making their own decisions despite the fact that no one yet maybe tonight they'll say but no one yet has said we you should be closing your shops because you're being selfish being open they're saying retail can stay open so (sighs) part of me is like how the hell am i going to keep this business going without this side of life but also you feel like you should be doing the right thing and for our own self as well, you know. Because yeah, exactly. I say we, I'm putting you at risk, yes. I'm... <laughs> that's so true. it sucks. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know, I feel sad, I feel melancholy today.
1: Yeah. I, but it feels real today. Yeah, that, that's the difference, isn't it? That things things are getting real. Yeah. Is it too real for you? But, you know, there'll be thousands and thousands of people who run small businesses that will be having this exact same, mm-hmm. you know, conversation.
0: What I feel sad, you know, what I feel sad is that I feel like we've spent the last six years or so with this shop, putting my, putting well, our heart and soul. I'm mean, speaking for me, but our heart and soul into this seven days a week. I've been thinking about this business for seven days a week for the last six years, and for it to kind of, and we've never really made a lot of money out of it. It hasn't really. Uh, Hasn't been like a huge financial thing. It's not about oh we we do this because we love it and we because we love helping young people and being part of something and the community, and to have that kind of taken away from for young people as well because it's quite a hub of communication and a place that some a
1: lot of people find important. Well, that's it. That's the thing. The uh, the physical hub. Well, yeah, won't be open, but we are still. You know, obviously, mm. we sell online, so. We'll be focusing everything online we'll still be doing plenty of content on our social media yeah. we're, we're going to try and have a like a phone number that you can ring if you do want to I've got it Yep, Read it out
0: yeah so yeah I've got, I've got um, Freddie's old dad's phone, and we've, we've bought a, we've got a car've we've got we've basically got a shop phone number which we're going to be dishing out on social media and on a podcast for people that if they ever want to hang out or just talk or faceTime us or message us crap. It doesn't have to be anything to do with business. It can just be anything, really. Yeah, jokes, um,
1: jokes, please. Yeah,
0: we can, We're calling this Best Days Connect, and the number is oh seven nine three one two seven one zero one seven. Oh seven nine three one two seven one
1: zero one seven. Interesting. At the beginning, you said oh, and then in the middle, you said zero. Oh,
0: yeah, I don't know. I'm a, Inconsistent. I'm a, I'm a zombie, <laughs> which is what some of us might be turning into. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, so we're going to have that um, every day, like during the day, um, to be it turned on all times and you can call it and whatever you want to do is there if you want it. And we're going to try and do like some sort of coffee morning at some point. I don't know how I'm going to do that yet, but we're going to figure out, just try and keep our, do our best to keep com- lines of communication with people open.
1: Yeah, it's important Yeah, to just let people know that they're not, you know, everyone's going to be feeling lonelier than usual. And so... Yeah, it's important to know there's people out there who wanna who wanna connect with you.
0: Yeah, and with and with this podcast, you can listen to us, bemoan mm. our um, situation. Yeah. So don't, um, yeah,
1: don't be don't be too sad because it, yeah. we're we're gonna get through this,
0: aren't well, we? Daniel Beninfield said Oh yeah, well, yeah,
1: exactly. So, That's not your song is it? No, not this week. Yeah. No, he'll come on. Yeah, <laughs> maybe next week. This is three months worth to get yeah. through. So
0: okay, I want to ask you, Jez, how has your week been, and what song are you gonna
1: choose? Uh, well, I'm gonna choose. Black Mirror by Arcade Fire Uh because it does kind of feel like an episode of Black Mirror you know what some kind of it feels like some futuristic zombie apocalypse type situation and uh, do you you enjoy Black Mirror? I've never watched it you've never watched it right okay I know
0: it I know of it but I've never watched it I always found but, out it's going to be quite challenging. I just never got around to watching it.
1: Yeah, well, it is, I haven't seen all of them, but the ones I have seen, I, I didn't enjoy any of them. <laughs> they were, they were <laughs> good. really Jess's well... Jess's recommendations. <laughs> no, they are really well made. They're, they're really clever. They're really smart. They're, they're engaging. Mm-hmm. But I felt depressed at the end of all of them, and so I, that, that's why I haven't kind of busted my ass to watch the rest of, rest of them. They just leave you feeling really low. Okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> so, so there you go. Probably haven't watched it. Happy times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't bother you, you especially because you, you
0: know. I still, I said, I still can't watch Afterlife for just, oh, like, yeah. that reason. I can't, but I don't want to put myself through it.
1: Yeah, but that kind of ends really positively. I, know. I, don't I just don't know if I've got it in me. You'll shed some tears, but I think you at the end of it you'll feel. It's, good. Same with, it's the same with Derek. Uh,
0: even though I absolutely love Derek, I can't bring myself to watch some of it because I just. I just haven't got I haven't got it in me at the moment. You've got too. the moisture. No, <laughs> no, not being at home for all this time. I haven't. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I want to say my song of the week is "Walk the Line" by Johnny Cash.
1: Oh yeah,
0: tune. Basically, for what we've been talking about, really, um, I've kind of pissed over my um chips, really. But the last week, I've been trying to walk the line between running and keeping our business going, and trying to keep my wife safe and it's been kind of like tough decisions on things to do what I should be doing and what I have been doing are kind of two different things really because I've been had this torn between getting out and keep helping the guys and doing things versus probably should be keeping out of harm's way really although that doesn't seem to stop her from making me go to the supermarket every twice a day to get her things so she can't be that bothered can't be getting out it oh, does don't split her off. <laughs> no. uh, she won't watch. She never listens to these anymore. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a kind of tough, like, a weird, like, week of these two things and trying to kind of navigate my way down the middle of them. Mm-hmm. That's mine. Uh, and last week you surprised me with um, song recommendations.
1: Oh, yeah. So I still haven't thought of any because I haven't listened to any music. But... <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be new, I suppose. Oh, okay. Just a song that maybe people might not have heard of that you, you really like that you could speak passionately about mm. Song 2 by Blur <laughs> yeah, if you like I no. <laughs> they've probably heard of that one yeah. well okay
0: hit me what have you got
1: oh, also mine yeah. uh, there's a Swedish band called uh, I Break Horses mm-hmm. and I think well it's kind of branded as a band but I think it's just one woman who is the sort of composer behind it all. her name's Maria I think Uh and they're about to release their third album. They've been been on a kind of hiatus for a few years, I think. Hiatus, <laughs> yeah, not hiatus. Uh, and they they do like really kind of dreamy, woozy sort of synth synth stuff. And they've got they've released three of the songs that are going to be on the new album. One of them, particularly, it's called, I think it's called Death Engine. <laughs> cool <they>? name yeah <laughs> nice uplifting song title it's quite gloomy and melancholy I think you'd like it mm-hmm. but it's got one of those outros you know where it just goes round these same chords oh, and nice. it you could just go on. it goes on for a long time but you just you could keep listening to it forever I love it The I'm very Ukraine. yeah well it's a synth line but yes mm. uh, yeah so I'm really excited about their album cool when's it out do you know when it's out I think it's May I think it's early May itself. Okay. I oh, reckon they'll be delaying it all. Do you reckon people will do that? I think they'll still release it, but I guess she would have like been touring it around it. But I think people are still releasing their tracks when they said they would, but I guess they won't do be able to promote it at it the be same an way.
0: Interesting time. Like, with people are like stuck at home or in this. St-
1: I think for, there'll be
0: for a lot of creativity. creativity like, yeah. If you've got this opportunity, you can't go and tour, you can't do much else. If musicians, I think musicians, imagine if they're coming up with some absolute. You might in a year or two years' time, you might get all these amazing albums released.
1: Yep, I, I think there'll, there'll be some great art that comes out of this. I mean, not only just the, the feelings that people try to channel into music, but people will have so much time in their hands. So there'll be so much creativity. Mm. I, think, I think that's They'll really just
0: good. Be sitting at home watching Netflix.
1: There'll be some people are doing that, mm. but some people will very sensibly, yeah. There'll be a lot of bearded alcoholics playing this. <laughs> but uh, we always say one of the ways to combat. Negative mental health is to is to channel it into creativity, mm-hmm. like do something. Do something. Channel your sort of negative feelings into something positive, like create create some art. That's not necessarily music, but yeah, you know, painting, poetry, whatever. I I think there'll be lots of good stuff. Although there's also that feeling of me like the the sort of vanity of, you know, I've, you've already seen all these videos that the, mm-hmm. the celebrities famous, are doing, and like you just think, is that you doing that? For people, or is that because you just want don't people you still get you? You still need people to yeah to idea. give you attention. Yeah. And I say that as somebody who the other day on our Instagram feed did <laughs> spend a <the> day <laughs> writing stupid songs that people sent me titles for, and, and that I will freely admit was just to keep myself entertained. <laughs> but one girl, one girl came to the shop to say how much she'd enjoyed it. Okay, so one you know, if you make one person happy it was well worth it right she could mean that one person that infected you yeah that's true that's true she could... we stayed six foot apart okay yeah. except for all the kissing yeah <laughs> that, did, that didn't happen uh, talking about infecting the girl <laughs> uh
0: so we want to move on to um we've kind of i've kind of wanted to chop and change things around a little bit and um trying to find ways normally we kind of introduce the person we're with at the time but because we're not really kind of gonna have anyone with us for the time being, Jess and I are gonna do a lot of talking so I don't know what we do a band of life, like long band for life, whether or not long term we run out of ideas or we just oh, yeah. shelf
1: it or Well well yeah we'll we'll see how we go. Yeah.
2: But
0: Go this time, and Jez is going to try and trick me.
1: Well, I I tried to do it that way. Oh, but I, I think I've, tr- I've just got to do it from the heart and tell you, okay, the what I would, okay, actually, maybe next week I can do a tr- a tricksy one. Okay, but I found bands I hate really hard. There's loads of bands I love, but I, is that because you don't want anyone not to like you. No, it's no. not that. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna just say one. Yep. but I do, you know there aren't many bands I really really hate that I think. You don't want them existing. They don't have at least some merit. Like There's some bands who I'm not a big fan of, but then they have one song maybe that mm, you quite like. Yeah, that I quite like. So I've gone with... Do you want me to tell the band? Now you'll know exactly who, yeah, who's fine. who. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll pretend that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so Radiohead oh. <laughs> and Guns N' Roses. <laughs> mm. go, it's tricky, isn't it? That's a tough one. We should explain the concept. We didn't really explain the concept oh, yeah. of Band for Life. Uh, so, If you haven't listened before, yeah. which what you're doing...
0: Band for Life, then, is um, a feature where... It's spelled band, B-A-N-D. <laughs> that's your band for life, mm-hmm. your favourite ever band, and then, on the other side of the coin, band for life. Erased for- from existence. Yeah, yeah. You can never hear their music again. And, yeah, we like to try and put people on the spot normally and try and get them to come up with... S- these bands, because it's quite difficult, actually, and we've been playing it in a pub, so it's quite a good pub game you want to play it. Um, so, Band for Life, Jez has come up with Radiohead, hmm, or Guns N' Roses, hmm. <laughs> now, I know you love Guns N' Roses. Yep. So, I'm going to put myself out there and say, Radiohead are your band for life. Yeah. <laughs> Guns N' Roses. How did you get that? Have,
1: you're going to have did you band for life. Yeah. Why? Well, let's get... Guns N' Roses out of the way first. I, it's it's Axel Rose's voice.
2: It's, yeah. <laughs>
1: fundamentally, it's what I hate about them. It, I can't enjoy any of their songs, even if the songs... Man in a kilt you don't like. <laughs> I've got no problem with his kilt. I've got no problem with his hair or his face. It's his voice. His face, though, is a bit... Well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of his face, but <laughs> that's not why I'm banning him. It's his voice. There's something about it just kind of goes through me. It's just that whiny...
2: Meh,
1: it, it does nothing for me. And even if the songs are, you know... If they were sung by someone else... so there any good cover versions of Must John and Rose's songs? They're probably... Did Sheryl Crow do Sweet Child of Mine? I feel like maybe she did. That's fine. So the song's fine. But I could live without them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some, you know, guitar solos as well I'm not a big fan of so I can I can live without slashing swanky well,
0: Buckethead <laughs> didn't he, the guy who used to wear a KFC bucket on his yeah head?
1: they had a That's had a member shit. called Buckethead yeah. yeah I'm fine with him but Duff yeah, Keegan, is he one? He's, I think he was the bass player yeah. yeah I'm just trying to remember original bass player Adler Stephen Adler is he the mm, drummer? yeah I don't know yeah. I don't know much about him I, I like the intro to Sweet Child of Mine that riff yep yeah. Well, I'm happy for it. I'm, I can live without it, mm. like if it's banned for life. What about that one that goes,
0: "Get in the ring, get in the ring,
2: motherfucker"?
1: <laughs> nice, no. no, a bit aggressive, uh, isn't it? It is a bit aggressive for my personal taste. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's just Axel Rose's voice. Okay, that's the reason that I, I will happily ban them for life. Okay, although I know that's going to offend some people.
0: Oh, just bit, that's got, that's the point. That's the it? point. It's a tough game. You've got to make the tough decisions. Yeah,
1: they're out for that reason. They're out.
0: Uh, okay, and you're banned for life.
1: Yeah, Radiohead? I know it's an obvious choice, but I can't. I have to speak from the heart, be mm-hmm. authentic. They're just, I, for for ages, when I was asked this in a pub, it was between Blur and Radiohead, who were mm-hmm. my favourites. But I think as as I got older, increasingly, I found myself. in your favourite ever album in Rainbows. Yes. Huh? Or, or... It, well, it's that and Trolls of and an Occupant there. By mid late, but yeah they're just they speak to me like no other band has or probably will. It's something I know i'm you know a key demographic sensitive white male, <laughs> but middle class yeah <laughs> middle class it's a cliche, but they just they for every mood they they get me, they sound best when you 're sort of half asleep on a train, I find mm-hmm. like that kind of dream dreamlike state but i'm just as happy in the middle of the day in the shop or at home when i'm getting ready to go to the the pub you know they're just they're just the best and it you know it's so diverse they evolved like i love the sort of benz era when it was like kind of a bit more youtube more anthemic i love the you sort of the angst of okay and pure. i love it when they went you know super weird k'day and yeah, the, the, kind of
0: like a repeat bit of rebellion against the success of like a computer.
1: Yeah, they just they went they went crazy and they thought we've got to do something different. Well, so
0: Ed um, Ed O'Brien I listened to an interview with
1: him the other day and he was talking about that. Yeah, how he he he. I remember a quote from him saying, "Everybody needs to know what it's like to have their toys taken away from them." Mm. As being to him as the guitar player he didn't have a role in the band anymore, so he ha- he was forced to kind of step out of his comfort zone and you know find a way to contribute. I
0: always feel a bit. It was a really interesting. It was uh, a really interesting interview. Actually, he came across really well. He's got uh, a solo. Yeah,
1: album
0: uh, coming called called soon. EOB. Yeah, and it was. Well, it was a brilliant interview, and he was talking about that time, and they all went through loads of issues as well, like mental health, and, and none of them enjoyed it. And he said he looked back on that time when they were like, like at their. Cult, I don't know. What he got cultural peak. I don't know. Okay, Compute... That.
1: Cult, well, yeah, you z- right? like you
0: know, that was the Zeitgeist, <laughs> wasn't it? And he said that none of them enjoyed it. That they all were like just miserable the whole time. Yeah. And they felt like frauds and they just, and he really regrets that they didn't look back on that type. He didn't make more of it, like m- mentally. And uh, yeah, Achille came out as a
1: kind of bit of a fuck you to that kind that of time. Thing. Yeah. yeah, Have you watched that Meet People is Easy documentary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't look like they're having a lot of fun. I know, I know that's Tom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that's edited to show the sort of, you know, the extreme. Side of their misery, mm-hmm. yeah. but but yeah, they didn't, you know, they're just very sensitive yeah. guys who don't because yeah. they've been on the publicity, from, s-
0: like from literally from school, weren't they, as well? Like, yep, yeah. the journey they went on, as well. And he's proud of it, like the way he was saying, it, he's like really proud of like that. And I'm proud of the fact that they got like big in America when most of those sort of bands at that time didn't. um yeah, it was, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago now I listened to it, but it was a really interesting interview. Like,
1: he came across really well, and like, I was... Well, he seems, out of that band, he seems the, kind of the most grounded. Mm-hmm. He, he always kind of Talking did. Talking about being a
0: father and, like, his routine and, like, mixing that with, like, writing. And the, this album he just wrote two years ago. He's, he moved to Brazil, didn't he? Yeah, he, wrote loads of it yeah. in the rainforest with his family. Mm-hmm. They went in there, which doesn't seem very grounded, but... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was interesting the way he's the way he's taken it and what he, they got out of it and as a family and stuff. It was interesting It was really interesting. It was yeah. on Radio Five Live.
1: Five Live. Yeah. Not six music. No, it's Five Live. Five Live. Yeah.
0: By let me. Um, talking of um, supersonic famous bands, um, this one <laughs> we call in the New Adventures episode. The I like to call it in brackets the Rise and Fall of the Repeated Refrain. mm Hmm. Um. So, um, can you explain what,
1: what happened, why, what was New Adventures and how did that come about? Okay, so Fans of Kate. Well, back in the day, we were in a band called Reagan together, that evolved into a band called Fans of Kate, which is where we sort of had our brief dalliance with being uh mm-hmm. famous, <laughs> yeah, a hype band. <coughs> you know, that was just because of the way I breathed in. <coughs> I'm fine, people. Uh, what well, am I? Yeah. I could be symptomless. Uh, yeah, so we had a brief dalliance with, you know, being in, you know, The Enemy and being the next big thing. That didn't work out. We lost it. We kind of were going in a sort of di- slightly different direction musically, and our guitarist didn't like the direction we were going in, and we also weren't really getting on with so it. How,
0: how did you feel when that all came to a head with Jamie? Uh,
1: it's, I don't really
0: remember no hindsight now it's hard because that's a long time ago I feel like it was the right decision
1: like did he make it I can't remember no I, th- I think we made it and then he kind of because remember do you remember, we used to work in Rocket and we, we all met in Rocket and sat on that bench in Rocket with Jamie with Jamie yeah. and told him look we don't think it's working I don't think you should be in the band anymore but then I think he framed it <laughs> kind of like when you've been dumped and you frame it as yeah we're going to we've decided to split up.
2: Yeah, I can't really remember that. He
1: like? he put out a like a cuz he's the only one who could go on our website who <laughs> could <laughs> work our website at the time. <laughs> so he put out a statement saying the band I love is doesn't exist anymore so I'm leaving. But as I remember it we we sort of told him that it wasn't working and we didn't want to It, it felt
0: sad, right? It must have been like Yeah, it, you know. It was like the end of an era. Cause we totally. were together For a long, like a good few years, weren't we? Like together, yep. but it was definitely wasn't working. Like we knew that for a long time that it's like everything had gone a bit. Us and him, like yeah. even walking down the street, he'd be walking like ten meters ahead of everyone else.
1: Yeah, he he just wasn't our. He got, if he we wanted a band with him, we wouldn't have been yeah. friends. He, he as he went
0: on, he changed more and more, didn't he? He got more and more. He distanced himself more and more, and it just was more and more obvious that it was just not.
1: Not working. Not
0: happening, was it? No. And he was a real key part to the band, wasn't he? Really?
1: Certainly. Yeah, like the sound and yeah, I guess the the look and the, the attitude, the recording. Like he did a lot of the record demos. Yeah, in the, in the... he was he was certainly the most tech savvy, mm. and so so he was very important to us. Like demoing stuff, and mm. he was he was a very talented guy. Don't get me wrong. That's the thing. It was mo- it was more of a personal differences rather than. Musical, mostly. Although he didn't, you know, I was writing a lot of, <laughs> let's call them piano ballads, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, yeah, he did. He took exception. Well, not he didn't take exception, but he didn't. He didn't. He just didn't like them. <laughs> didn't want to play on them. I remember we were playing Coco. Do you remember that we were playing Coco. I, I don't can't know, remember what the gig about. was. Maybe Dogstein, cars, and we had this new song called "Good News" that I'd written that was really. It, epic it was yeah it was like stadium rock I, mean, I know it was a really in my humble opinion a really good song and it in Coco which is a big big venue especially for us we were playing it in soundcheck and it sounded massive yeah and it sounded really good and so I seem to remember we had a big argument about whether we should play it at the gig because he hated it and I, I feel like we did play it and he then afterwards said I felt embarrassed, felt embarrassed or yeah. something playing it and I guess that was that's when we knew mm. it had to had to change.
0: So how did it change when it came to new ventures? Like it was, we put an advert out in Rocket, didn't we, for a keyboard player?
1: Yep. In the shop, and a girl called Helen came in, and she yeah she she was the first person who responded to the advert. She played piano mm-hmm. and sang. She was doing like solo stuff, and we, from what I remember, we went and had a we go and see her play. Yeah, I think we did. Well, we listened to her CD a lot. Mm. Red ribbons. <laughs> and yeah. And then, I think I guess we invited her to the practice room. Yeah. And played through some of the songs. She like she's like one of these just. She turned out she's better than all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just one of these. Musical people, like, music is so innate in her that she could just pick things up straight away, like, mm-hmm. one of these, you know... It took about, I don't know,
0: it didn't take very long at all, did it, for her to clock it, what was happening. Yeah. And pick all the songs up. And yeah. She must, she must have been picking up the old F.O.K. stuff at the time, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. This... We must have started to write at that point. Yeah, well, we were... The first recording she was on was the 75 Bars and Speak Up, which were... 75 Bars certainly was... A,
0: it was an F.O.K. FOK song, end, which, of, end of F.O.K. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so, we, yeah, we demoed like we worked on these two songs with a guy Hugo who'd worked on like with Primal Scream and Radiohead. And yeah, in fact, Radiohead he was he did it in Rainbows mm-hmm. that we just mentioned. Well, like, engineered it, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and he did he did these two tracks, and she was involved in that, and they sounded really good. And then, didn't we? Her boyfriend at the time was. Was she with Luke at that point? Or... Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember the timeline. But it's it's only the music started to go down a different avenue. Like we kind of embraced the sort of more embrace. Yeah, <laughs> oh, i said it already. Mm. Embrace that sort of big, anthemic sound. Mm.
0: We knew. I think we knew we had to change, didn't we? We, want, we wanted to change, and we thought, well, this is a chance for us to be something different and be as we were getting older as well, and it's almost like our kind of second album album kind of vibe, wasn't it? Like, everything became a lot more serious and a lot more thoughtful and a lot more inward-looking, I guess, rather than, like, haircuts and doing little dance moves on stage.
1: And it felt yeah. like it was... It
0: just The music felt completely different, didn't
1: it? Yeah. Although, looking back, like, I obviously wanted... I think we went through a little sounding-like granddaddy phase at the start of New Adventures, and then it kind of it became clear that the songs even when we went into a in recording session saying yeah we want to sound like grandad it would still come out sounding like coldplay <laughs> and that and, and that's kind of we couldn't really not that we wanted to get away from that but particularly but it it the natural way that, things went yeah that is just how our music sounded it wasn't a conscious choice that i remember i remember i remember actually then we, we we're recording that song good news with nat Chan mm-hmm. who'd worked on a gra- who'd worked on a granddaddy record and we were like oh yeah we love granddaddy can it sound like granddaddy and he did the drop drum- like I remember him setting up the drums and getting the drums sounding like that really warm snare sound that granddaddy used and the song didn't work <laughs> and then then we said what about like Ben's era radiohead mm. and suddenly it kind of clicked it clicked and that that recording sounded epic and then that kind of set the set the template I think but I think that that kind of style of songwriting just came really naturally to me. Like sort play because I write the piano, I don't play guitar, so that sort of piano-y sound was just how the songs were coming out. I guess I was The second Coldplay album was really big at that mm-hmm. time. I think we listened to that a lot.
2: Yeah.
1: Rush of Blood to the Head was a big big record for us. I know that's not very cool to say. <laughs> but I said it. Yeah. I have but to be honest. It was true
0: though. And you know, like we it was always well, always my natural inclination to go down that road. Uh, do you think that uh, having Hill in the band changed the dynamics?
1: Uh yeah. I I suppose whenever as a as a boy who's always been kind of slightly intimidated by girls and slightly kind of fascinated by them, I guess you can't help... When there's a girl in the room, I, I guess I do behave... Speaking personally, mm. certainly to start with, it probably felt... Well, she was always a lot more... A cal- lot calmer.
0: She's always she's at least yeah. a lot calmer than Jamie was. Yeah. Like, she had a, definitely had a role to kind
1: of, like, keep the peace, as it were. She was a very... Much like me, didn't like the tension. She would never kind of... She would never sort of start an argument, Or whereas Jamie would make it clear he didn't like something. She was maybe... Much a lot like me, in that she would just. Keep... One thing it did
0: do is it, it stopped having a, a a bit of a target because Jamie became a bit of a kind of <laughs> outlier, didn't it? That's true. Unless yeah. I was the target, and I didn't
1: know. <laughs> no, I can. I promise you. But it was. it,
0: it felt That's there, true. It there was, har- was there was harmony. Like was everyone got harmony. on. I mean, we we had our moments, so and maybe towards the end, things were like fractured a little bit again with, like, with, like, Raph and stuff. My relationship with Raph was, got strained as we went on. But, for the first, you know, for the first, what well, I've seen in bloody long was together now, what, five years? Four years? Mm-hmm. Five years? Most of it, we were kind of
1: generally pretty harmonious. Yeah. It was, the, it was the situation that exasperated us. Yeah. The kind of banging your head against the wall, like, like you know, why are we doing this situation that caused all the problems. Not Not the no, relationships no. between us. I don't think we ever... There were very rarely cross words between them. No. I, may, I mean, maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe we'd have been better off. Do you think you were stronger in those days than you were in Fans of Kate? <sighs> or do you think it's the continuation of that? No, I think... I think that's part of the problem, it is, is that I was still that same... I still f- felt a bit like a fraud, like I didn't, hadn't earned the right to be the singer in a band. I, you know, I don't know. I still... F- because you, you changed on stage, you stopped, basically, by the end,
0: we'd stopped having any keyboards around you, wasn't it? it was that's true, just,
1: yeah. Just well, you that and was... a microphone. Yeah. And
0: You had to kind of relearn how to be a performer.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, the the whole don't know what to do with my hands thing, because even though that was a Fans of Kate song, where I did have a keyboard, I was playing the keyboard at the same time, I suddenly yeah, had to kind of play with my hair instead. Of play a keyboard, yeah. I, well, I never mastered that. I think now, you know, when we did those comeback gigs, I mm-hmm. felt much more comfortable as a performer mm. than I ever did during the yeah. time New Ventures were. Or you were better, I active. Think. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. I think I just didn't ever feel comfortable in my skin in those days. It was I know. Haircut, wasn't it? Really? It, probably the haircut. I looked like a. I don't want to say Mong, but uh, <laughs> don't uh, t- moron. I looked looked bad (laughs) but everyone thinks they look bad looking looking back well most people do but
0: yeah I mean I did yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, do you think that your songwriting changed with New Adventures like the way you approached it
1: yeah I guess I guess because then by that point I was the primary songwriter and FOK was much more like you and Jamie collaborative yeah yeah. but then then I, I guess I felt I started having like our management were paying for me to have a a day of songwriting each week. Like so, I'd spend a whole day writing. So I was just writing more and more. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm stuck in a tiny little flat in London, just banging away at a little Casio keyboard, <laughs> trying to pull something together. Yeah. Cause again,
0: it's like the same thing. After what we learned with FOK, it felt like there was even more pressure with New ventures to kind of make it happen because we could... F- I think even in those early stages, you could feel that the rug was pulled from... was being pulled from under your feet, but we just weren't willing to to fall over yet. Yeah. You know, we knew that it was getting harder because the hype thing would kind of... been and gone on it by then. We were still doing big gigs and we were going on tour, but it didn't feel the same anymore. It felt more, it felt more difficult.
1: It did, yeah.
0: And I remember someone from... I think it was Barfly when they had their record label and they were going to sign, they offered us a deal didn't they and we turned mm-hmm. it down and maybe, I don't know if it was because they were bitter or whether or not they were just, I don't know, but they said, oh they're rubbish now. They've completely fucked it up with the way they've changed their sound. Mm. Cheers. <laughs> Helpful. Yeah. Thanks a lot. But I feel like that's kind of what happened. Like I felt like the hype thing had gone by then and we were like swimming against the tide by then and that and for a lot of the first few years we were probably were holding our own we weren't getting any further forward but we weren't being pushed taking with the tide we were just managed to keep kind of well we were a lot less
1: fashionable weren't we it yeah. was it was much more we were kind of an outlier well there were there were those big stadium type, there was you, Coldplay, no patrol keen mm. we were kind of lumped in with those bands which weren't fashionable at all yeah. but yet we were still kind of trying to i suppose present ourselves as a bit cooler a bit cooler, bit cooler we never I was was speaking to rocks about this the other day how we didn't I think if we'd kind of gone not denied what we were like been much more unashamed about the kind of band we were that we were this sort of anthemic Mm. you know rock band but we kind of Never really fully committed to it. We thought so that's what we were, but we there was a constant, dressed it up. Well, as say there was no battles. That was probably the main battle in our band, wasn't it? Yeah, the battle for
0: hearts and minds of what the <laughs> music was. Yeah, there was certainly a a mix of like we need to be more like Radiohead <laughs> versus we need to be full on. Yeah, stadiumy kind of thing, I guess.
1: And in, and in the end, we weren't either. Yeah, we kind of got stuck in the
0: middle of yeah. it. Yeah but yeah, you know, some of the some people I don't know it's hard to say really some of it was when it worked it was really cool like there were some really good ones but it was
1: kind of got lost lost down the middle really is not we yeah I mean, you can see that that dynamic like I, I imagine someone like Chris Martin probably still wishes that his band were like as critically acclaimed as Radiohead yeah. but you know he's rich and sells millions of records and mm-hmm seems to be living the perfect life but I, w- I, w- I often wonder if he does miss that kind of or like pine for that kind of credibility
0: do you think some of their albums nowadays are a bit more kind of down that road or do you think it,
1: well, it's gone not it's the gone? albums there is the odd track like there's that track Midnight is it called on that that sad album like the breakup break up album he did after uh, Ghost Stories yeah yes that album there's that track called Midnight which is like they released that before the album and I thought oh here they go they've, they've gone they're doing something much more interesting here uh, but then the rest of the album was just the usual stuff yeah. you know which is which is fine but I was excited at what they could have done and I, I guess that's in him. I mean I remember when they, there was a song off the Viva La Vida album he said oh we've finally done that par- our version of Paranoid Android like that 42 song yeah that they've been trying for years he's obviously a massive Radiohead fan that's probably why he formed a band I'd have thought Mm. but it's very hard to have credibility and (laughs) success Yeah, and success and
0: sell lots of records yeah do we um, one of the things I think was really different with New Adventures compared to Fans of Kate was that we spent a hell of a lot more time in recording studios and rehearsal rooms like songwriting yep do you think that was wise like instead of
1: going out touring more Mm. I remember being frustrated by it. I remember when we first, we first changed the name and we'd ri- writing all these songs and it, we had a manager, and like a couple of people, like a team around us, like Luke and Jay, and they were all saying, "No, wait, don't play a gig yet. Mm-hmm. Wait till it's perfect." And I remember being really frustrated, you know, because playing live's the best, the best bit, isn't it? But they were like, "No, no, keep writing, keep writing, keep writing." keep um, what do they call it um, Danny um, would always say wouldn't he that, um, tapping a vein t- tapping a vein cool
0: no uh, keep chipping at the coal mine until you find a oh, diamond until you
1: find yeah yeah,
0: yeah we, I mean, we spent like nearly a year to two years just in rehearsal rooms didn't we in writing and, st- and studios
1: yeah and we never, <laughs> never found that diamond well I guess we thought we'd found the diamond but I suppose one person's diamond is another person's heap of shit lump of coal yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a different
0: decision, but it was a different strategy, wasn't it? Really, yeah. And again, we were listening to people around us that knew better. With Rick, for example, like in working with him, and like how much time he gave up on us.
1: Yeah, the hours and hours in that you know were like weeks in the studio, mm-hmm. Just yeah. listening to the same song over and again, trying to change the arrangement or whatever. He was very patient with us. Looking back. Yeah. And generous, yeah. I mean, think
0: you know, he spent how many time, how many weeks in his house? Basically, <laughs> it was like family, wasn't we? Yeah, for a good like good year. I remember the first time we played, we came back and played a gig in the rehearsal room, as a kind of launch for it, didn't we? Yeah,
1: felt really uncomfortable. From what, from what I remember, it's always weird. they are always weird those things. We had
0: like also we had. Leading up to Jay was probably, like, before that, as a Jay was our manager, before Jay we had a bit of a string of managers, didn't we? Yep. What do you think that was, that everyone would jump aboard and...
1: Quit on <laughs> Leave it? us.
0: Because it was crap, or do you think it's just... No, they
1: just... well, I guess they thought... They obviously saw something in us, and they thought they could make, make it happen for us, and, mm. and then when they realised it wasn't going to, they, they moved on. I think there was... I remember there was a time we had these two... There was a, a man-woman management company and they came to a few practices and they were really... I mean, not blowing smoke up our ass, but talking about how much they liked us and they, they really seemed genuine. Mm-hmm. And we turned them down and went with... Somebody else had recommended this... Big, malage- big, big management, management company, company. Who... What were they called? Crown. Crown Management, that's it. Who one girl from... Their management company, who wasn't really kind of high up in the in the food chain at that company, who obviously really liked us or wanted to sleep with steve i, f- I forget what <laughs> which it was, <laughs> but she was like we were like her pet project, but she was the plan was to take us in to the bigger company, and then
0: that all went into That all went it its
1: up and um, I don't think it's hindsight, isn't it, but we should have gone with the <laughs> the smaller company who were really passionate about us, obviously. Like a waste, we went with, <laughs> went with the wrong one. Yeah. I mean, who knows what would happen, but that, that was definitely one of those decisions I look back and think. Yeah. I
0: know, you've, you've said that a few times. Like yeah. really because I was like quite into the other one, again, because I was like, right, growing, growing, get bigger, get bigger.
1: Yeah. And obviously that didn't work, but so yeah, probably should have gone with the other <laughs> one. But you don't know, you just don't know. You don't, you don't know, even bigger sounds better, doesn't we it? To, well, you you think happened. they got more clout and more, yeah. you know, oh, I understand why and I made then, that decision. What was the other one we went with, the guy from...
0: Uh, a big management company Fingy Beard Tony Beard who
1: was he with I Big Life yeah that sounds right
0: Big Life Management they were quite a big deal as well
1: yeah they had some big big acts but he like yeah there was just no he's got to be right there's, there's got to be a proper relationship your manager's got to be you've got to trust them to mm. represent your best your best interests I, you need
0: them to believe it, don't you yeah
1: and he wouldn't even answer the phone he was like Not I remember actually texting us at Christmas
0: and he said I know I hate this phrase. Ever since I can never say it. He said onwards and upwards. Yeah. And then like I think he like dumped us like the next month or something. <laughs> yeah. So ever since I've heard every time no, I hear I that phrase I can't listen to it. that. That phrase
1: is tarnished, isn't yeah, it? Completely. Sometimes I think when we send out like a weekly email at the beginning of a week, yeah. like in the in the business, yeah. I sometimes yeah. I want to write it, but. Oof, <laughs> uh,
0: but then, Jay was like a different story, wasn't he? Really, like in as much as he actually genuinely believed and put his heart and soul into us yeah like i'd say him and abby have been the two managers that we've had that have genuinely kind of put their everything into what we've done as a band Yep, every everything kind of changed when we had jay didn't it really like taking on board like well, obviously working with his brother in the studio but also like he just had more he just believed didn't he
1: he was there yeah, well he was all about the passion yeah like he was the first person who would you know, clearly he'd listen. He'd listen to every word, every note on everything yeah. we'd ever recorded. Well, I think he used to just have it on his iPod almost <laughs> permanently. It was it was passion. You could feel the passion, yeah. and it, that that took us a long way because we we felt like, you know, this this guy really believes in us. It's it's nice. It's so It's refreshing, it's refreshing yeah. to
0: have people that actually genuinely kind of do. Believe in what you do.
1: Yeah, and he felt like someone you could call at any time and talk. You know, talk about talk it through. Yeah, talk about music or talk about you know personal stuff or whatever. It, w- it was how certainly at the start how a band manager relationship should be. I imagine. <laughs> you know he he would always he's the first person who would talk to me about songs. He, songs, well? yeah. Who who said like you know? No one had ever said oh, Jez you're really good at writing songs. You, you know, you're you're on the cusp of something. No one had ever said that. They did said, you know, your band's great, but as a songwriter, he was the first person to ever really kind of take me aside and say, "What you're doing, you've you've really got something here. You've you've got a talent. You've got a gift, or whatever. Work on it. Like keep hmm. keep writing songs. Basically, keep keep doing what you're doing. You, you're the on mind, the uh, <laughs> keep chicken at the mind. Yeah, I? you're on the verge of greatness here, and you know. Sure, it didn't happen, but but to have have somebody who was had that kind of faith in you, into you know, and I believed it. It was he wasn't blowing smoke up my ass. He right. was, but yeah, he he'd just you know called me in the middle of the day, see what I was, see what I'd come up with or whatever, or feedback on a demo I'd sent him Well,
0: that's one of the things that like, you knew you had something quite good with Jay because he was hard to impress. Well,
1: exactly. Yeah, he that, yeah, to yeah, hard that's, to impress. yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was important. You knew it, if he just went, eh. He he would he would say that. He wouldn't yeah. he wouldn't just accept everything. he didn't like everything he did. It wasn't kind of
0: No. There's loads of times I remember we were in <laughs> spent the whole day in the studio with Rick working on something, he'd come in and go, Meh Yeah. Brilliant. And you'd be yeah, you'd be For like sake. Oh you've got to listen to this, Jay. This is fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's just one of our songs. <laughs> uh but then vice versa, when he would say every now and then he'd say, That's alright that. Or he would sit, yeah, yeah. sit there on like leaning on the on the studio on, on the, the mixing, mixing desk. desk. Yeah. we would all sit behind him, like looking at each other, and Rick would be like looking at the floor. And he'd he's, he
1: yeah. wouldn't be able to suppress the smile. A little smile would come up, wouldn't it? It's all right like that. And it means so much more. It's, that's in anything, not just music. Mm. When somebody is doesn't just give out praise willy-nilly, you know not like me and Steve, you know, our praise doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, it really meant something when he when he liked it, and you knew you had something then. But of course that's just one man's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out, even if he liked it, <laughs> it didn't necessarily translate into, you know mm. something something bigger than that. And then when Jay even Jay had to even
0: Jay pulled the pulled the plug in the end, didn't he? Yeah. I can't remember. That was I seem to remember we were going to watch we were in London, we were going to watch We were Batman, going to watch the Dark Knight, The yeah. Dark Knight, yeah. And we got in
1: the Yeah. Right before we Just to go before in. we went in. So that, yeah. that film's tarnished. Yeah. Fucking enjoyed like that film, was right, it. Like the phrase onwards and upwards. Yeah. By the way, yeah, I, can't, I don't want to work with you anymore. Yeah. All right, brilliant. Let's watch a depressing film about how yeah. society's going to eat itself. But that was,
0: uh, yeah, a kind of tough one. To, that was a tough one to take, that, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, well, because he was our, he'd become so much more than just a.
0: Yeah. Out of yeah. all of them, that was a kind of tough one.
1: But, yeah, and that I suppose that was when it, we knew that it was kind of the end, got, the end was nice.
0: Then we got another one after that, didn't we?
1: Did we? Glenn Crouch. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh god, yeah.
0: I don't know how I can't bloody remember how he came about. But <laughs> that was a weird another weird time because I don't know how he how he appeared from or where he appeared from.
1: I guess we just I don't know where we advertised.
0: I can't believe we have advertised.
1: No, I don't. yeah, I don't know. He, he must have been a friend of a friend. I don't know.
0: He worked for Virgin, didn't he or something? Or... Yeah, it
1: was. Hadn't he just been just fact. been fired yeah. by Virgin?
0: But it was I remember the only thing I can remember about really was that it was a weird dynamic, because we were still we were still at Rick's recording, and Rick was like, even though like his brother would not want to do it anymore, Glenn came up once to kind uh, of listen yeah. to that stuff we'd been
1: recording and working on, and that was a kind of really weird dynamic in there. Yeah. Really. I, think, I think we all, deep down, we might not have admitted it, but I think we all knew it was coming to a... Coming to a close, it was kind of desperation. Think,
0: well, at that size, not well, we just say "fuck it"? We're just going to put this album out. Yeah. We've spent the last bloody how many? Yeah. How long working on it? We're just going to put this freaking thing out. Yeah. Because even Rick by then was like basically like fucking. Why are you bothering? Yeah. Like, why would you have to re-record this bit? if We've done it now. We we're like, well, we could do it better, but like, it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah.
0: It was like even he was done, and like at that point, we were having we were paying him by doing his rockery and <laughs> knowing his law yeah. because he knew he didn't have any money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to talk about this, isn't it? <laughs> it's true, yeah. It? It's, it's true that is we're being completely honest. We were yeah. gardeners by that point. Yeah. <laughs> Which was more yeah. gardening? He would, was he would start
0: comping some drums or something. He'd say, "All right, lads, get your scruffs on."
1: Yeah, well, I suppose he'd babysitting his kids, so would, yeah. you know, go off and take his. I mean, yeah, Raf
0: was absolutely dog shit at anything. So me and <laughs> Evo would be outside, like mowing his lawn and doing his rockery.
1: But there you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, thank him for even like persisting yeah. with us really. It was... I'm glad we have that out there because it would have been a tragedy if, after all that time we didn't even put anything out. Yeah. So I'm glad it's out there but it came out at a time where we'd all essentially just... Given up. Given up.
0: It was done with, wasn't it? It was just get this fucking thing out and yeah.
1: move on. We'll move on with our lives. Yeah. So it's kind of tainted by that that kind of feeling around that time. Yeah. It would have been nicer to go out in a blaze of glory. Did
0: but... New Adventures impact on your mental health?
1: Yeah, oh, totally. That That's, to this day, the lowest time of my life like I once once I knew the band was over Hello my name is Bernard 2001 you might recognise me from my collaborations with Radiohead and Stephen Hawking I actually did a lot of his heavy lifting for him Anyway, I'm here to tell you about Best Days Vintage. If you like sustainable vintage fashion, feel-good prints, and positive well-being, then they're the guys for you.
2: Visit them at
1: 40 Old Lane, Colchester, or online at
2: bestdaysvintage.co.uk.
1: Daft mother crushes. I felt like my life had had no meaning, and it was that feeling of yeah, well, that, we failed. Uh, you know, I don't feel that now, but at that time, that's all I could see. I, I failed. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with my life. My CV is a black hole. It's a black hole I of I nothing. Have, yeah, I've no skills other than to write a <laughs> Coldplay rip off. Like that's you know
0: you because you went straight after the band you went into you and Helen started doing
1: yeah well so I did I, <laughs> I did exactly that I tried to for for money write very quickly write Coldplay rip-offs. and for like music to be played in like Staples shops like back, basically write background music yeah for this company who were Oh hey, you were
0: good at oh you was all over <laughs> Cause every time I went into a beer and yeah. Q or a Staples I'd hear I'd oh hear yeah good coming up.
1: It was for a while there that looked like it you know I mean it wasn't certainly not full time, but it was bringing in a nice it was the most money I made for music. I tell you that much <laughs> uh but yeah i felt like my life had lost its lost its meaning and lost its way and i didn't I didn't know what I was going to do. I was starting to think maybe I should train to be a teacher. I remember thinking that i remember you know seriously thinking that, and then that's kind of when there's a couple of years of just just working in rocket and sort of being a manager there and kind of just getting by just kind of treading water and then then yeah then you came to me with with the, new, with the, the new million band. the million dollar idea of uh, selling vintage clothes mm. and then yeah changed changed my life
0: yeah
1: i think we we covered this in the FOK times
0: didn't it really but the rick thing was like the thing that kind of really Started to mess me up, I guess. Like the kind of feeling of not being good enough, because that's when it really hit me. Like, because you, Helen, and Raph particularly were like really fucking good all-round musicians, and Ever was obviously a good drummer and like could hold his own. And yeah, I could play the guitar, but I always felt like it was
1: like just not. So we kind of all
0: growled a bit here, really. We've we've spoken about this before, haven't we? Yeah,
1: but that that's how it kind of you felt. Yeah. What what about the actual when it? when we decided to call it a day? Cause do, that, do you remember how you felt?
0: Uh, well, I don't know whether... I, Raph was the one that, that did it, wasn't he? He pulled us all aside. Raph,
1: Raph the one who essentially was the final straw. Yeah, I think, he said, I guess he we, said he'd
0: left. He said he was, he was done, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And it, I suppose we... I don't even know if we thought...
0: About carrying on. Carrying on. on. We just I don't think know. That was that. I'm pretty sure we were just, we kind of known by then. Didn't yeah. We? Didn't we agree we were going to do like one last gig or something and get the album out? Yeah. Because we did that. Because by then, actually, we were playing some pretty big gigs, but yeah. we were just doing our own. We were like, we were becoming self promoters, weren't we? Like, yep. the whole thing became in house, the whole thing. So we were like, we had like a budget and we grew each gig we did and we played like Bush Hall and Shepherd's Bush Hall. That was probably one of our bigger gigs, wasn't it?
1: Well, it had a chandelier. Yeah, which we did ourselves and a grand piano. We did have a grand piano. That, I mean, that was genuinely. I think live wise, that was probably our pinnacle. Why not? You say? it? was up
0: there, yeah. Because it's so. brass
1: out. had a brass section. I remember actually phoning um, Amber from
0: ITB, uh, who was our booking agent, up until they had to, like, they pulled the plug as well. That's one of the things I think for me, that's when I knew that it was, like, mm. game over. Because they'd stuck with us through thick and thin. <laughs> yeah. And even they were like, look, I've just, pff, you've got to do something here or else we've, we're going to have to move on. Yeah. And I remember Tilling here saying there's not many bands that are going to be selling out like four or five hundred capacity venues like of their own back. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I remember phoning her up just to tell her that. <laughs> just, so, just so you know. I uh, don't need you. But I remember I remember Raph like sitting us down in the flat and saying that it must have been a difficult decision for him to say that.
1: Yeah, I suppose it was, yeah, it was brave because we, I suppose any one of us at that stage could have, it wouldn't have shocked me massively no. if any one of us had said it. But for him to actually kind of pull yeah. the trigger on it, yeah, because we all like like our drummer Nick. He he tried to he was trying to find a way still doing music because that was all we'd known. Like yeah. so, he he wanted to he sort of had a go at being a session musician, yeah. and he like joined, he joined the band. Joined he? the band, but it was never gonna never gonna up. work for him. No, never. Ruff,
0: really. Out of everyone, Raf's probably the one that did music, didn't he? Because he started playing gigs. Um, he did he's, session stuff. He'd he learned how
1: to become a sound engineer, as well, did not he? Yeah. So.
0: Still
1: is, yeah. So he's still, yeah, working in music. Helen still does like open mics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I write stupid songs on our Instagram page. So, and the
0: thing Mm. is, like, one of the things we took a big week after that, but we got we. Did we ever split up officially? I don't even know anymore. But we still play gigs even now. So yeah, yeah, no, we're still a band.
1: It was kind of like the Spice Girls. It's like every once in a while they'll they'll come back. They'll put a gig on it. It was never like an official. Split as such, yeah, and because we're still is
0: probably one of the one, ones that loves doing it most now. Yeah, it's better now. It's it's almost better now that we do it more on our terms, like we do it. Yeah, less pressure.
1: It's a totally different dynamic because we're not doing it. We're doing it because we want to, not because we're trying to achieve something. Putting any kind of pressure on it, and I think that's why I'm a, a much more, a much better frontman because there's nothing riding on it. It's just. It, it, I always felt like I was oh, right. it got to be good tonight. You've got to be put on a show, and that pressure kind of had you know adverse effect. Instead, I got scared yeah. and was like reserved and you know didn't express myself. Now I don't care, and it's, it's so much more fun. You know, we played that gig with Embrace uh, in a boxing ring in Halifax mm. that, two I'd years that's ago probably now.
0: Probably the best best I've ever seen you play or been.
1: Yeah, I was just completely at ease. Just really enjoy myself, you know. It helps when it's you know it's a sold sold out gig and yeah. you know you know you know it's gonna be a partisan crowd, don't yeah, you? Yeah, their their crowd was so so warm and kind of you know we've spoken before about how the further north you get, the more welcoming an audience is. I think that's true, and they were just fully behind us, you know. I always get the you know when you know a singer sort of claps above his head trying to get everybody to clap. Yeah. I know ne- I just never had the confidence to do that in. Back in the day, because I, I was always worried
0: well, no one was going to join in. It's, it's absolutely painful when you're playing in a small little venue and someone and does that. like thirty people yeah, and yeah. going
2: call it response. Yeah. I
0: say whoa, you say whoa. <laughs> ah, Fuck that! Fuck that! Yeah, I know, but it's you like, know, painful.
1: Just when you can feel an audience is behind you, and you, yeah, you you start clapping, they start clapping. You, you know, they mm. respond to everything you do, and you kind of that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Like if every gig had been like that, imagine. Imagine that. Hmm. That's what it must feel like to be a. An actual proper band. Yeah. Band. <laughs> a proper band. Must feel great. Yeah,
0: that's kind of it, really. I mean, we still do do shows, don't we, every now and then? Yeah. I yep. imagine we'll do one maybe at some point in next year. I'd, the show, yeah,
1: I'd like to. I mean, I guess we won't be doing it for a. <laughs> no. <yeah. laughs> Certainly won't be this summer. No. Yeah, I don't know. Who we'll see? Who knows what
0: happened. I don't think we've played one for a while now, have we? Like, I'd, I'd really days.
1: like to do a gig at the Arts Centre. Like, get a bill together that could sell out the Arts Centre and put a gig on there at some point I'm sure it will happen at some point I suppose the older the older we get maybe older. Yeah. at the end uh, yeah I'm sure it will happen yeah at some point but yeah the older we get the worse we look so I don't want to wait too long no <laughs> yeah, it's true especially if we, if we play with younger bands I don't want to yeah. look too granddad No, granddaddy
0: yeah so that's I think that's kind of yeah wrapping things up really a little bit isn't it um that's the new. That's the new adventures. The rise
1: and fall of the repeated refrain. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much for listening. I hope you can kind of, uh, even if you're not particularly interested in our story, I hope there's things that resonate with. Yeah,
0: I like to think there's probably like our journey is probably very
1: similar to a lot of musicians. Yeah, I... <laughs> the mu- the journey of, you know, starting a band, thinking you can make a career out of it, realizing you probably can't, disappointment, ending in it, but then perspective and realising you had a great time trying yeah that's that's, so, that's most people's we think, story like, we
0: look back and we spent a whole 20s in the studios and in the back of the van and hanging out together and getting
1: drunk yeah basically What's,
0: what we did yep and uh, you know not many
1: people can say that it, you know I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing and that in essence is the failed rock star club
0: yep it wouldn't change a <laughs> thing uh, so if you do want to um we haven't so um if you want to get in contact with us at all um we're still doing the shop stuff so best days vintage is um our Instagram and social media in general um or you can connect on www Do you, do you still say www dot?
1: I don't think you need to no. no, bestdaysvintage.co.uk taken, taken as a given yeah some people still do it though do they? Yeah. yeah old old people <laughs> sure
0: <laughs> www.bestdaysvintage.co.uk that's our website and there you can get FRC merchandise now or you can connect um, or don't forget the phone number if you ever want to call us um, we'll be there it's like the business phone number the shop phone number or our little mobile we're going to have which is 0793 127 1017. um and someone will answer that or you can t- send us abusive messages if you want Uh So, we're going to finish off... How do they send nudes? Can can that that phone accept nudes? I don't know, probably. I don't know. Yeah, send nudes. Um, I've never received a nude in my life, so it'd be nice to get
1: one. This would be the time to get one, I
0: thought. Those long, lonely nights. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, um, yeah. And to finish off, I think we're going to see if we can cobble together just to play play on the old keyboard like a little New Adventures
1: track. Um so anything else you want to say before we go no uh, thanks I hope you found that at least vaguely interesting uh, and speak to you soon
2: love you bye please stop the countdown and call off the search rip up the manual with. Especially the part where I said That I never felt like, I never felt like God before But no one believes in, no one believes in me anymore Will you'll pull through